This is Therapy For Us By Us, a podcast showcasing conversations centering black and brown voices in therapy and mental wellness from the lens of mental health practitioners. Truly a space created for us by us in an effort to build community and see ourselves reflected in wellness. I'm your host, Claudia Parada, a marriage and family therapist trainee, and I'm excited to connect with all you beautiful folks and your stories. Welcome. Hola, hola. Welcome to Therapy for Us by Us. My name is Claudia Parada, your host, and today I am so excited to welcome Yesenia Lajara. Yesenia is a psychotherapist and certified trauma-sensitive mindfulness and yoga instructor. Her passion is to help people reclaim their lives by embracing and promoting self-healing and self-love, Yesenia supports individuals and couples and families on their path to wellness in her private practice in New York City. She has integrated her traditional trauma-informed evidence-based training with spiritual healing and approaches to honor the connection between mind, body, and spirit. She's a licensed trauma therapist who has had training, supervision, and clinical experience working directly and perhaps almost exclusively with trauma. Yesenia is the founder of the Mindfulness Program in West Harlem Elementary School. She's committed to setting a standard of care within mindfulness-based practices, interventions, and programs for students, teachers, staff, and families. Through workshops, professional developments, curriculums, mindfulness, group practices, Yesenia is able to create a path for participants to gain empowerment and knowledge providing a safe place to practice trauma-sensitive mindfulness to help calm the mind and regulate physical responses and emotions. Wow. I am so excited to welcome Yesenia Lajara to the show. Welcome, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for creating this space for all, all of us, our community. I'm so excited to be here with you, Claudia. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, we've already had some rich conversations and I'm excited to dive deep today. And uh, thank you again so much for coming on. Um, I was wondering if we might start by maybe sharing a little bit about like, how has your journey brought you to where you are today? I'm so curious. Wow, that is such a great question. <laughs> It's a big question. We can be here for hours. I know. <laughs> Just whatever you feel like is important to mention. Yes, but I think it's it's great to talk about. Um, so I'm just thinking about so much of my life has brought me into this journey. There's like so many different aspects and so many different um, experiences. So just thinking my childhood, right? I'm thinking about being first generation. My parents come from the Dominican Republic. They migrated here in the late 60s. Um, and just, just that experience of the expectations, right? That are expected from first generation. The American dream, the white American dream that, that um, at least for me and my family is drilled into us of making sure that we make it in America without really thinking about everything that comes with that, right? Like your own experience, discrimination, oppression, right? Everything else that comes with that. And then I think about as a Latina, 
living in the United States, right? The journey, the experiences that I experience. I'm also thinking at being a young mom, I my first son. And so that was an experience. Mm -hmm. I experienced throughout my life. I, I've experienced trauma. I've experienced depression. I've experienced anxiety. And so just thinking about all of that, right? And how all of that's in some way brought me into the healing journey. Mm -hmm. So Which beautiful. I think it's the most important aspect of why I am where I am now, right? Mm. And when I say that, I mean, not even thinking about helping others, but being in a space where I am more in tune with myself, with my identity, with my culture, and just pure joy, right? And loving myself unconditionally, even while I'm still doing the work. Mm -hmm that the most important journey that brought me here was my healing experience, right? Being able to really do the work to heal myself, to connect with myself. And then as I did the work then connecting with others and just sharing my experience and realizing that I wasn't alone, that it wasn't me that was broken or wasn't working, but that so many of friends and families and communities, my own community had very similar stories. And so that made me realize that even though all these experiences I had, right, does not define who I am. And I am still worthy of being happy. I'm still worthy of joy. I'm still worthy of living a good life. And so once I realized that and I embraced it, then I wanted to help others that had very similar stories of my own story. So, yeah, I, I think that the healing process has, has been the journey that has kind of like opened the path for me to be where I'm at now. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm just really mm -hmm. resonating so much with, I know that trauma is kind of this like term that's really talked about a lot within our profession. But then also a lot of social media, you see a lot of memes, you see a lot of information out there. And I'm, I know this isn't really something that we had like previously discussed, but I wonder if we could have like, because I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about like, well, what is trauma like in your own words? Because, I mean, you talk about experiences and experiences kind of like shaping and molding us and then how we then can kind of carry those experiences differently. Yes. And I was wondering if you could speak to a little bit, um, what is trauma? Sure. So one thing that I want to make sure is for us to know that the experience that we have, right, does not define if we have experienced trauma, it's how we respond to it, right? And how um, also are able to, to respond in a, in a way that it's not interfering with our daily life, right? So what I might call trauma might not be traumatic for others, right? right? You have to really embrace that and validate that. But uh, research in trauma has, 
grown so much. Like I remember at the beginning, we would talk about PTSD and trauma. And it was mostly about um, wars and, and, and individuals that were sexually abused and individuals that were physically abused. But as we continue to do research in our field, um, it turns out that chronic stress can create trauma. The idea of being stressed every day for so long, right, can be very traumatic. So once we study chronic stress, what do people mostly uh, stress about? Um, sometimes is finances. So poverty can be connected to trauma. Um, not living in a safe neighborhood and being worried about your safety can also create trauma. Immigration, right? Your experience of how you migrated to this country can also create trauma. Uh, attachments, right? Being not, let's say, growing up in foster care or living with a parent that is not mentally or emotionally stable enough to protect you emotionally, right? Um, and mentally can create trauma. Right? And so it's not how, what was the trauma or how big is the trauma or your trauma is bigger than mine, right? That's not the case. These are just different types of situations that can impact an individual, that can create depression, that can create anxiety, that can create fear, that can unbalance our nervous system. Mm. So, it's just paying attention to trauma, it's how it impacts you, that experience, how it impacts you, especially childhood trauma. And so when I talk about my trauma, there's different types of trauma. I'm, I'm thinking about my trauma even being in first generation and the expectations that were given to me. I, I'm thinking about um, my connection with my caregiver, right? These are things that in some way, my own experience impacted me in a way that um, could be very traumatic for me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm really resonating with one of the things that you said when you're first sharing about how you, your journey brought you to where you are today is really that thing about attunement. Like mm -hmm. it's to me almost feels like yeah, I had experiences that really brought me in out of connection with myself and then kind of like finding my way back almost is part of healing those traumas and, and whatever that they were for each individual. So whatever they were for me in this case. And, and a lot of that for me felt like misattunement, like not, not acknowledging of whatever my experiences were. So having to figure out how, how to do that for, for myself and cope with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and keep in mind, many times, like in my community and my family, we didn't really talk about trauma. We didn't talk about mental health at all, right? And so at times, you're living in, right? Like I grew up in New York City um, where in the 80s, there's a lot of crime. And there was a lot of worry about safety, right? And I was living this, 
right? Not realizing how this is impacting me mentally, emotionally, right? That I have to worry about going outside and if I'm in danger, right? What's gonna happen? It becomes a norm. So if there's no discussion about the, how traumatic this can be or how this is, this is in some way impacting you physically, mentally, and emotionally, because it then becomes your norm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so important to, when you're in therapy, to even talk about that. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking like, I imagine, I, I imagine that because this isn't, I know that some circles are definitely aware, like chronic stress and um, there are situations that we're like living on a daily life that can really uh, contribute to like this constant exposure or this constant engagement in like our, our trauma and our trauma responses. And I was wondering how that is for you almost working exclusively with trauma and, and kind of navigating this relationship as, as a therapist and a client where we want our clients, of course, to feel empowered to name their own experiences. But also there's this almost like fine line of um, some clients can come in and, and say maybe like, well, I don't really feel like my day-to-day -day life is is traumatizing. This is just like the norm, kind of like what you were saying. I step outside, there's there's maybe crime, there's stress, or like my, my job, even my work conditions, um, or even my relationship dynamics can be something that are really, really stressful to me. But also I can easily, I imagine as any person could, just say, but that's normal, that's my life. Like why, you know, it's fine. So then how do you as, I think we're talking about two different ideas, but then how do you as a therapist like engage it and then without also, like, we, all, I think as therapists, too, we have to talk about power, like power dynamics. So, so we're um, kind of like addressing the power dynamic in the room, but then also like inviting maybe awareness or something. I don't know how it is that you hold it. Um, that's kind of like a double question, but I'm <laughs> on it. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, power dynamic. I think it's important, right, mm -hmm. to talk about that. So I am, as I, as I said, like I work with a lot of um, clients, but also I, I have a private practice and I work for um, a charter school in West Harlem, which I work with a lot of students and it's a, an elementary school. So anything between the ages of four to 10 plus families, right? And for me, I work always, I always have my trauma lens on in my sessions. And so therefore my main priority is to ensure that I'm creating a safe space. Got you. And the way that I create that safe space is by really ensuring that this space is client strength. It's centered to the client. And what that means is that I'm, I'm here to guide you, to support you, but you are the expert of your situation. I say this all the time to my five-year-old client, and I also say it to my 70-year-old client. The expert of your situation. 
I am here, yes, I am here as your therapist. I am here um, as a professional to help you and guide you in this situation. But you know best what is happening to you and in your environment day in and day out. And therefore, we work as a team, right? And when I mean that is that I'm going to make suggestions, I'm going to make recommendations, I'm going to explore things with you that you might disagree with, or you might want to ask more questions, and I want you to do that. Yeah. Because that is the way that we are going to be able to work together, but also that is the way that you're going to feel empowered to go through this journey of healing. Mm, yeah. I also make it very, very, I let my clients know that when they decide to see me and to start this process of healing, that it's an honor for me, that they have chosen me to create the space, right? And share their story. Stories that many times are not even validated until they start doing the work. And so I think the way that I manage that power dynamic is bringing it to the awareness. Yes, you, you're coming to me because I'm the expert. I, right, I'm supposedly the expert, went to school. I, you're thinking I have the answer to everything and I don't, right? We work together and you are the expert of your situation and what you're dealing with now. So in order for this to work, we both have to be working together. And it takes time, especially when you are working with individuals that have experienced trauma. Many individuals that have experienced trauma have lost their voice. But that is the reason why it's so important for therapists to be in the present moment. And, and mm -hmm. it's meditation that takes self-care. Because as soon as you share something with your client, if you're in the present moment, you can read their body language, their heads down, or they might be shaking their hands or legs. That's some sort of communication that whatever it is that you're saying might not, it might not be clear or there might be some sort of um, disagreement. And then that's when you bring it to the awareness, right? And let them know. I noticed that you are, you put your head down as soon as I talked about trauma. Can we talk a little bit more about that? And then when they do go ahead and share their thought and idea, you honor it, you celebrate it. And if you continue to do that, there is going to be a point in that relationship, that therapeutical relationship, where the client's going to once again feel like they do have a voice and it becomes no longer this power dynamic where the therapist is up here and the client is down here. Mm -hmm. It lets me, it lets me in the same level. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate everything that is that you're saying. I deeply resonate with that. And I, I will say I, I do use that phrase a lot as well myself. Like you are the expert in your experience. If you take nothing else away, if you take nothing else away from whatever our one session, our one intake or whatever, or our, our conversation together is that that is like wholeheartedly like at the crux of my work as well. So I'm really truly resonating with that. And then also like uh, that piece that you're saying about creating safety 
as not only something that it is that you're maybe saying explicitly, but also actively engaging during each session because you are honoring what it is that they're saying. You're acknowledging and you're becoming witness to their stories and experiences, opinions and thoughts, no matter where we are in terms of agreement with them. It's just whatever it is for them is their truth and that's their truth. And I think what um, sometimes people might think that therapy is, is like, well, you know, again, like what you were saying, you're the expert, so I'm going to come and then you're going to fix me and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one directional. And I love this idea of coming together as a team. Like you have your expertise of your experience, then I have my area of expertise, and then hopefully we can come together and create um, a creative space for healing. Yeah. And that takes time, of course, like you said. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, absolutely. I think I say that even like the first time that I meet the families at the school or my private practice, I immediately empower my clients to know that this is not about coming in to this office or this space to just hear me make recommendations, that they are part of this treatment, that we're together in this. And that there's gonna be times that I might make some recommendations that you're gonna be like, ah, oh, just saying that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or that's not working for me. And I want you to tell me that. Exactly. Because that's the way that we're going to be able to start doing this healing work, right? And so in order, I know as a therapist that in order for my client to say, this is not working for me, or I don't, I don't know if I agree with you on this, I have to create that safe space. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really, mm -hmm. I, I, I definitely celebrate when somebody disagrees with me. I'm like, yes, that's great. I want you to say, I want you to tell me, I want you to tell me, I don't want to do that. I want, I want to hear from you. I want your voice in the room. I want both of us to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I know, you know, I was thinking about this, um, this idea of like how we can be resourced or how we can take care of ourselves or, you know, you hear the word self-care a lot. Um, and one of the things that my supervisor said to me the other day is he said, um, you know, in so many words, I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing, but like, you don't want to go into a session where you're going to be engaging someone's trauma and then feeling dysregulated, which this dysregulated being like a fancy word for like, you don't want to be in your own experience when you're holding space for somebody else. Right. Um, and so I was just wondering how, since you mentioned that piece around self-care, like how do you see, it, how do you have your own practice in that? Is it the mindfulness and meditation piece? Like how do you see that intersecting with working with folks who have experienced trauma? Like my own self-care or how do it I? It could be your own and like how you see it as a whole. It could be either or both. Mm -hmm. So... For me, my own self-care, uh, I have to dedicate at least 45 minutes every day in the morning. I practice my meditation and my yoga. Um, during sessions, when I'm working at the school, I try to schedule my sessions with at least there's a 15-minute gap so that I can really take care of myself. Because for me, um, I think it's so important for me to be in that present moment with my client, especially with children, right? Children don't have the vocabulary that we do. 
So when they feel anxious or when they feel sad or if they're feeling uncomfortable, it's their body that says it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in that present moment and you, you're not gonna be able to read the body and bring it to the awareness. Um, and so I take that very seriously and I make sure that I take care of myself. Um, I also like, I love my family. Uh, my family, what is it? I call them, I say, every time I meet with you, you, you feed my soul. So I am Dominican. And <laughs> when I'm talking about my family, I'm not only talking about my two boys and my husband, but I'm like talking about my cousins, my sisters, my aunts, you know, um, that's so important to me. And I take it like dearly, like I know when I need to be with them. I know when my soul wants to be with them and I make sure that I set time for them. Um, And this has not only helped me with my practice as a therapist, but I think my own personal life. It brings so much joy. Joy is so important to me because yeah. it, it, it empowers me. I don't see things too difficult to do. Um, I try to have fun even when there's challenges. And so I really try to pay attention to what my body and my soul needs. Mm, so important. Yeah, I really yes. appreciate you saying that. I, I definitely think it's easy to just keep going, keep trucking, keep doing the thing. But really, I see that as a huge disservice to yes. ourselves, our families, but then also our community, our clients that it is that we're, that we're yes. hoping to help. Yeah, Fair so I'm glad that you are bringing in the joy, bringing in, like, what, do, what does my soul need? I love that. I love that question. Mm-hmm. We have a practice, which I do with my little ones <laughs> at school and I also do it in my private practice and at first they're looking at me like I have two heads <laughs> um, but when I see especially um, clients and individuals in my school that are being a bit anxious and they're like all over the place like I have to do this and I have to do that and it even during the session I notice that they are fidget and and restless um, I said okay let's stop I, I really need we need to stop and I, we need to take three deep breaths, breathe in and breathe. Mm. And then I say to them, now I want you to put, get your phone, get an alarm. Let's put three minutes. You can either sit down, you can stand up, you can pace back and forth, but I want you to continue to breathe and just ask your body, what is it that you need at this moment? What is it that I need? that you need at this moment, your body. And the response that I get is just amazing. So kids at the school will be like, I need a snack. <laughs> I, I need to go get some water. I'm tired, miss. And then adults are like, I need to take a nap. Yep. I need, I need to have some fun this weekend. Mm-hmm. I need to rest. I really do. And when they listen to it and then they actually practice it, they come back and they're like, wow, I am practicing this all the time where I'm asking my body what it is that it needs at this moment. I love that. Big difference. Big difference, I imagine. Mm -hmm. So even in my practice, I incorporate a lot of meditation and mindfulness. Uh, at the school, I, we have a mindfulness curriculum. It first started just with the kids. 
now it's even we're practicing it before we used to practice in the morning and um, at the end of the day. Now we're practicing midday. We're practicing when we even staff when we go into a meeting, we all practice. We practice throughout testing time. And we even have now a weekly staff mindfulness circle where I facilitate once a week for 30 minutes and staff just come in and they practice mindfulness. I love that. Yes. And now we're thinking in January to incorporate it with parents. So they're going to come into the oh, circle. Oh, wow. Take care. Yes. So in my private practice, we start with breathing. We start with meditation. I send out videos about meditation to help with anxiety, with depression, with whatever it is that is happening at the moment. Yeah. So it's a huge part of your work. It's really, it's really weaved throughout. Like I, I really am hearing that. And I really, yeah. I really am appreciating that. It's a, I, I mean, for me, I think that we move, my experience is that we move so quickly throughout our lives. I mean, especially in teaching, especially as kids, I mean, we're just being conditioned to move, 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 move. And so that pause, even when I heard you say just now, okay, let's stop. It allowed me to have a moment say, oh yeah, remember my breath. Like remember that I can breathe deeply um, and bring the attention back on me and ask myself that, that really powerful question, well, what does my body need? And, and really that, I mean, such an important, such an important it question. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. And, and the more you do this practice, like I tell my clients, um, the less you have to do it. Like you're so in tune with your body that immediately, without even doing the three minutes, just taking a couple of deep breaths, your body's gonna speak to you and tell you what it is that it needs. It builds so much self-awareness, you know? Um, yeah. And connection to your body. What a practical, tangible, and important tool that we can all take with us from this conversation day. If nothing else, you're the expert of your own experience and I can stop and check in with myself and ask myself what it is that I need. I love that. I appreciate that so much. And well, we are coming at the end of our time together. Uh, that went by super fast. I know. <laughs> I'm wondering any last words for uh, for the folks listening? Wow, yes. Uh, so I think I think it's very important if we're talking about really going into therapy now, right and and starting your healing process, but also thinking about it therapists, right that that do such amazing work and, and, and thank you for always holding that space for your client and supporting your client. But I think it's important that we make sure that our clients and that the client always feels like they have a say in, their, in the process, in the journey, in the treatment. And the way that we do that is, as we were saying, creating a safe space so that our clients are able to develop their voice and empower them because 
think about it. Um, if, I am, if I don't empower you, then you're not going to continue the journey, right? And you're not going to advocate for yourself, right? And that's a form of disservice. Mm -hmm. Important to create that safe space so that you can start then developing your voice. Validation. Please make sure that you validate. And if you're looking for a therapist, that, that therapist is validating your story. Absolutely. Yes. Please make sure that uh, many times, this is the first time our client is sharing this story. For a very long time, maybe our client thought that this was something that was wrong with him or her. Mm -hmm. Validating that story, right, is so important to be able to, once again, empower the client. And the third is educate. I, <laughs> I think it's so important. I, I've seen it myself, you know, therapists that they have clients coming in every week and this client is very um, dedicated and, and excited about treatment and healing, the healing process, but there's no education. And what I mean by educating is by really talking about trauma, depression, anxiety, what that is, what that looks like, what could be a possibility that they might be experiencing this. Because the more education that your client gets, the more they will advocate for themselves and what they need. And if you are working in communities of black and brown, Latinx community, where there isn't a lot of resources, if I don't know that I'm struggling with depression, if I don't know that I'm struggling with anxiety or trauma, I won't take advantage of the small resources that I have in my community. So if I'm not sure that I might be experiencing PTSD or there was trauma in some way that has impacted me, if there is an available trauma-sensitive yoga class that I can join, if I don't have that education, I might not join that class because it probably won't, I'll feel like that's not for me. And so not educating our clients is also another form of disservice. Mm. This is how we empower our clients. I and, love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also for those of you who are looking to start therapy, I think you should think about those three things. Absolutely. Make sure that it's a safe place that you do have a voice, that your story is validated, and that you get education about what is happening to you at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you said it. And I think it is a, such an important consideration to consider all those three pieces, both ways, as a therapist and as a client too, or as somebody who's looking for support. So I'm so happy that you brought that in. Um, yes. This has been such a wonderful exchange. I'm so happy to have been able to meet and connect with you from across the country. I know. Wow, that's yes. awesome. Yes, thank you for this. Thank you for once again creating this space. I think it's so needed. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and all, all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge. I really appreciate it. And um yeah, thank you so much for your time and energy. This is really wonderful, and I hope to keep in touch. Yes, thank you, Claudia. Thank you for listening to Therapy For Us by Us podcast. If you love what we're doing, leave us a review on iTunes or keep the conversation going by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. 
Look forward to connecting with you next time. And until then, take care.